Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh. Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. You are listening to Ray and Tay today. There we go. Yeah, and I'm Ray, tall Ray side. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are live, getting ready to talk to Hall of Fame running back, Eric Dickerson. Give us a call, or just listen, we're everywhere, Twitter, Twitter, iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, check us out, okay? So, what's so great is that Eric was live at the Combine. He's been busy, and he's jumping on with us afterwards, um, you know, and we're going to chop it up with the Hall of Famer, and we are very, very excited to have Eric Dickerson on with us. So, this is going to be great. So much going on in the NFL with the franchise tag, um, you know, potential moves, trades, and um, but really the most important thing is talking to Eric Dickerson. How you doing? Hey, Ed, how are you, man? This is uh, Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray. Tall Ray, like I'm a partner. Tay on the line as well. How you doing? How you doing, man? Welcome Welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Oh, we heard it's been a hectic day at the combine. How you, you? You all right? You got a few minutes for us? Yeah, I got a few minutes. I'm over at the restaurant, the bar, but I'm, I, I can talk for a second. How you guys doing? All right, we're doing great. We're doing great. It's an honor to have your show. We watched you as kids. You know, we, we're big, big fans. So, so let's just Thank jump you. into it. You know, you're watching these college kids. Let me roll the clock back. You played in an era of unbelievable running backs in college and the pros. What was it like playing with Craig James in that ridiculous Pony Express back to the zone? It's unfair that both of you were back there at SMU. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it was great. I mean, I got to say, uh, I just had dinner with Craig two nights ago in Dallas, Texas, and, uh, you know, we talked about our old Pony Express days, and it, it was phenomenal. I mean, I think that we didn't realize how good we were, the talent we had on that football team, not just on offense, but also on defense, and and then also making ourselves known as, as part of the Pony Express. That, that's unbelievable. And, and, and then roll the clock forward two more years. You're in the NFL, 84. You break OJ's single-season record. Was that one of your goals going into the season? Did you think it could be done? Did you think you could do it? And then the other thing is, once you did it, did you think it would stand for over 30 years and still stand to this day? Well, um, you know, when, when I, I got recruited by SC, that was one of my first recruiting visits, and I got a chance to meet OJ, and I walked up to him, and I told him that uh, I was running back from Sealy, Texas, and that I'd like to break his record one day. And he laughed, and he said, well, good luck to you, man. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, he did break the record, and I asked him about it again. Do you remember? He said, man, I don't remember that. <laughs> and I'm sure he did, because it was so long ago. But, uh, you know, I, I, it, it was an honor for me to, to, to eclipse the record like that. Even though I always say that OJ did it in 14 games, I did it in 15 with one extra game to play. Uh, did I think it would last this long? 
um, you know, I never thought about it, to be honest with you, until, you know, as, as time went by. But as a player, I got close to it, uh, you know, one or two other times and definitely couldn't seem to get over that 2,000 yards to break that record. So it just goes to show you how hard it is to get 2,000 yards in the NFL. Oh, extremely hard. And, Eric, I got to ask you, man, many of your 13,000-plus yards, people don't realize they came against some of the best defenses in NFL history. And I wanted to find out with you, you obviously went up against, you know, the great 46 Bears, the Lawrence Taylor Giants, you know, the Reggie White and Brown and Mike Golick Eagles, also that 84 Niners defense. Which defense for you was the toughest to go up against? and still earn all the yards that you got, Eric? Well, well, believe it or not, uh, the, the hardest defense is when sometimes not the games you think will be the toughest. The, t- the team, one team's defense I hate to play against was, was the New England Patriots. They weren't even a good football team back then. And the Packers, they weren't a good football team back then, but they, they seemed to play me tough. And I'll ask you guys, you know, after, many years after I retired, you know, why did y'all play me so hard? They said, well, let me call that Dickerson week. You know, we're going to get rid of Eric Dickerson. So, <laughs> you know, you'd be surprised that, you know, some of those great defenses that you ran the ball well against, you know, the Bears, we played we, we played very well against the Chicago Bears. They had a great offensive line with the Rams. And even with the Colts, we played well against them. I mean, it, just, it was a matchup. But, you know, certain teams we just didn't match up well against. Right. So now, Eric, obviously you're doing broadcasting. You know, you're you're doing a great job. You know, you were in the – media a lot this year with the Rams, but forgetting that stuff aside, as a running back and also as a Hall of Fame running back, what do you think of today's young greats, the Le'Veon Bells, the Todd Gurley's, Ezekiel Elliott's, even, you know, with Shady McCoy this year? Does one of them stand out the most to you, and do you have a favorite? Well, you know, uh, I like Le'Veon Bell. I I like um, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, I I like all the guys you named. I mean, I feel like Adrian Peterson. I mean, he's an older guy now. Since he's oh, yeah. 32 years old, not old. But, I mean, you know, all those guys, they do, they do a great job running the football. I mean, back in our day, we ran the football a lot more. It was more concentrated on the running game, where today's offense is more running, more um, generated toward the passing game. We, we call it really 7-on-7. Seven seven. They can't touch the receivers now, so it's, it's, it's a little bit easier. But the, the backs, you know, backs are backs. You know, you, you, you have to have a running back. You cannot get it done without a running game. You, you, I like a lot of teams think you can, but you have to have some type of running game to keep those guys off the line of scrimmage. And but you know it makes it a little bit easier because, like I said, you can't touch the receiver, you can't touch the quarterback. So it's not the same game the NFL that I knew back in the '80s. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, Eric, listen. In 1999, you made it to the Hall of Fame in your first year of eligibility. Well deserved. Tell our audience what it was like to put on that yellow jacket. And then also when you're at the combine today and some young back comes up to you and says, what advice do you have for me? How do I become a Hall of Famer besides the God-given <laughs> talent, right? <laughs> uh, well, I, I'll, I'll go with that question first. You know, the Hall of Fame was something that was secondary to me. I didn't think about making it to the Hall of Fame. I just wanted to be a great football player and play in the, in, in, in the NFL and, and make a name for myself. And the Hall of Fame was, was you know, I, I, didn't think, I didn't think that was even possible. Uh, I can say putting on that gold jacket and, and being in the NFL Hall of Fame was one of the greatest moments in my career. I mean, I must I must say I never played in the Super Bowl, but it couldn't have been any better than that because it actually signifies you as one of the greatest players that ever, and I mean ever, ever played your position and played in the National Football League, and you'll be immortalized in the Hall of Fame because, you know, you got a lot of guys that play on, on Super Bowl teams that never played. They still have a Super Bowl ring, but 
you know, when, when you play, when you actually make it to the Hall of Fame, that means you're one of the guys that made a difference on your football team and in the era of football. So, you know, that's why it's such a great honor to be inducted to the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, definitely. So, Eric, you know, everything is, is not just about stats. Obviously, you know, when you even mentioned, you know, OJ with the 14 uh, games and you doing your 2015 and a half, I want to ask you, just as, you know, I know as a player, you're, you're also a fan, even now as a broadcaster, but you see the game in, in those different dimensions. When you think about the top five, and for most of us, you know, we all say, hey, it's Jim Brown, Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, Eric Dickerson, you could throw in um, OJ, LT, Marshall Falk. What, what's your top five? Throw in, obviously, Emmitt Smith. Let me not disrespect him at all. But, but what's, what's uh, Eric Dickerson's top five? I know it's hard, but I got to ask you, brother. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, it just depends. I mean, I don't really have a top five. You know, I say that because it comes down to the area you played in, who you saw play. I mean, right. people have a tendency to forget about OJ, and then I mean, OJ is my favorite back of all time. So yeah. you know, I was my, my you know, I was my number one. You forget about Earl Campbell. I mean, Earl oh, Campbell love Earl. was was was, was, was yeah, a great yeah, back. Houston I mean, Oilers days. That's what I said. Houston Oilers days. So people have a tendency to forget him. Forget about those guys, you know, the Chuck Munsies. I mean, there's so many great backs that play, play the National Football League. I mean, I think the Minnesota Vikings with uh, – God, I can't think of his name. Chuck Foreman. Right now. Uh, Chuck Foreman. Chuck Foreman. Foreman, right. Chuck, yeah. like Chuck, Foreman. Yeah. Chuck Foreman. I mean, so, you know, you know, it's, 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 an, it's an error. It's an error thing. That's what it comes down to. I mean, there will be times people forget about me. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, that's just that, – that, that that's how it works. I mean, because it's, it's who you saw play. That's what it comes down to who you saw play as a kid and who you like play, who you like to watch play as a young man or a young girl or whatever. And right. so that's what it really comes down to. I don't, I don't, I don't have a top five. I'm sorry, guys. I really don't. But, <laughs> no, no. But, 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 well, uh, but you know, I got – my number one guy, I've always, I've always said OJ was my guy. Never played on a good team. Never played on a team that really had a lot of talent on that football team except him. So, right. You know, you know, so you have to, you have, you have to look at all, all the aspects. Barry Sanders, another guy. They never had a lot of lot lot of lot of talent on his football team, just him. So you yeah. know, it just it just really depends. Retired with a lot of juice in the tank too, Barry did. You, you well, got it. Yeah, we remember. Well, we remember you with the Rams <laughs> and 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 with the Colts and even the Raiders and the Falcons. But in the beginning of your career, it was the Rams. And the Rams, right? Yeah, yeah. Your beef with your old team was well publicized. What's your relationship now? Because you know we we keep talking about the NFL the fraternity, and we wait to see people and and their teams not get along. But it seems like you know uh, what's what's the relationship now with the Rams with the team, and and what do you think about the fans in LA and move and that team moving back to LA where you did all of your damage? Well, um, you know I, I'll say I'll always be a Ram. Uh, I play for the Rams. Um, you know, the Rams, we're okay. We're okay right now. I mean, we're all right. I mean, you know, when when I left the Rams, it wasn't a good situation. But, you know, we mended that that that, that situation up. And John Shaw was general manager. I didn't like John Shaw. A, a good friend of mine now. So, you know, that's all that that's, that that all changed when, when when I became part of the Rams organization. Again, I don't work for the Rams. But when John was running that football team as general manager, you know, it was, it was a different Rams organization from when I played until I retired. Um you know, guys always want to be a part of a football team if it's possible. I mean, you know, you're going to always have sometimes discrepancies with football teams. And uh, I love playing in L.A. You know, L.A. to me has some of the greatest fans in the world. If you, It's like anything. They want they want winners. L.A. looks for winners. I mean, just right right now, the Rams do not have a great season in Los Angeles. And if they'd have had a great season, they'd have had a mediocre season, I think they'd have won that city over. But they didn't. 
and, you know, that's on them. Uh, I'm hoping that this year that we could do a lot better, you know, as a, as a football team in L.A. and then try to win the city because now we have the Chargers in L.A. And you don't want to lose that city to, to, to the Chargers. I mean, <laughs> it was, you know, you know, it's just, it's, I was in the L.A. Rams. So, you know, um, guys, you know, you can talk about that forever. That's, that's, that's the situation that can go back and forth forever. So, okay. Eric, before we let you go, man, you got to – I want to have fun with you about some of your wardrobe. But real quick, tell us about your barbecue sauce. What's going on? I want to get the name, <laughs> how, to, how to make it. Because, I'm, okay, I'm, we're both New Yorkers. I'm out here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And, brother, I need some real barbecue. Give me the four. Well, it's, 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 it's not the barbecue sauce. It's the barbecue. People think it's the barbecue. It's the barbecue, actually. You know, it's called okay. EDQ. It's our ED, it's our EDQ. Uh, okay. it's, uh, we, do, we have a deal with Airmark. Uh, Airmark does uh, most, a, lot of, a lot of the football stadiums, baseball stadiums. When I, say, when I say I'm so glad to be partnered up with Airmark, it's such a top-notch organization, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of you know, how they you know, promoted the, the barbecue that we had at the Super Bowl and hope to get more of it out this, this coming season in some of the stadiums. So, but it's not the barbecue sauce. We will have barbecue sauce, but it's actually the barbecue that's called EDQ. So that's okay. what and it's is. a Texas style, right? It's a, te- it's a Texas style barbecue. You don't have to have barbecue sauce on it if you don't want to, but if you want barbecue sauce on it, you put barbecue sauce on it. And, you know, it's a recipe that my, my stepfather, you know, gave me many, many years ago, you know, when I was a when I was young, young guy. I, I think I'd, I just retired from football. And I told him, I said, his name is Robert Johnson. I said, Bobcat, you need to try to Bobcat. You need to try to make this barbecue you make. You need to get barbecue. <laughs> I said, in case something ever happened to you. He, he passed on many years ago, and so he showed me how to make it. So, you know, all the guys that come to my house and I barbecue for them, they say, man, you should have a barbecue joint. Your barbecue's so good. I'm like, I'm not over no barbecue joint, but somebody that want to partner up with me, I do it. So that's how I, that's how I got affiliated with, with Airmark. Nice, nice. So, Eric, that, before we let you awesome. go, give us a story, because we heard that you had some legendary barbecue at your house. So tell us something that, that we wouldn't know as fans, you know, one of your teammates, somebody at the store, you know, some kind of off-the-field story with the barbecue. A- anything stand out? Well, nothing with the barbecue. I'll I, I tell, tell, tell you an NFL story. I'll tell you one story that when I first came to the league, uh, it's good New Yorkers. You know, it was my first football game. We played, we played the New York Giants uh, in, 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 in the stadium in New York, and it was a road game. And actually, it was the day after my birthday. I flew into New York, and, and – um, but coaches say, Eric, you got to play. I remember that week he said, you got to play where you have to cut Lawrence Taylor. I said, cut him? He said, yeah, you got to cut him. I said, well, I don't have to block him now. He said, no, you have to block him. You got to get his hands down. I'm like, okay, now, keep in mind, I'm, this is my first, this is the first football game of the season. This is opening day of the season. Yeah. But sure enough, the game is going on. And, I mean, he's, he's cursing me and talking to me crazy. But I'm a rookie. I don't say, I'm a little nervous. I don't say nothing. So sure enough, the come, the play comes in and they call it. Just that's the play. It's the play. I got to cut. I got to cut Lawrence Taylor. They call it. I cut him. And I cut, and they, I don't know if a lot of you know cutting means cutting a guy that's at his like around his knee. Like knee yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And, yeah. and linebackers don't like to be cut around in the air. So I cut him and I cut him good. I go back to. I'm heading back to the house. He grabs me by my arm. He says, "Hey, you mother." Don't you cut me? You hear me? I mean, he me. So I'm looking at him. And I'm, I'm thinking we're gonna laugh or we're gonna say, "Hey, man." He said, "You hear me?" <laughs> I stood there, I said, yes, sir. I went straight to the sidelines. I didn't go back on the field. And I told my coach, hey, I said, coach, I said, hey, that man said, don't cut him out there. I'm, I mean, I'm in a panic. He's like, <laughs> and it, it was only 10 guys on the field. I said, well, time out, they called time out. They told me to go back on the field. I said, I'm not like, going back on the field. I said, I'm, I did take a play, couple plays off. 
So, you know, <laughs> after the game, I went over to him. I said, Mr. Taylor, I want to apologize for cutting you. He said, man, don't you ever cut me. I said, man, I'm sorry. He said, man, I'm just joking. I said, man, don't do me like that. So, you know, that was my, that was my, my that was my aha moment in the NFL. That's wow. great. LT terrorized a lot of people. NFL yes, Films got a lot of them on tape, so I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people have similar stories, but that was great. Hey, Eric, yeah. before we let you run, I got I gotta talk to you, man, because you made the goggles so famous. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, out of SMU, I was a teenager at the time, loved to play my football. You know, my vision wasn't 2020. So I used to throw on my goggles and pretend to be Eric Dickerson and you know, my, my run style was more like Eric Metcalf, but he was still good. But Oh, he yeah, was real good. Yeah, he was real yeah, good. Yeah, Metcalf, you remember. You Third know, down? Yes. Get you that yes. Yes. Tell us, you got, you got tell it. Tell us about those goggles and how much did you need them, and did you realize that potentially you could be influencing so many children in a positive way? Well, first of all, I hated those goggles. I never <laughs> liked them, but I, my blind is a bat, still blind is a bat, and I have to have okay. them. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I didn't know, I didn't realize so many people like those goggles. I mean, I've met so many people that said, guys, that said, man, I didn't even need glasses. But I told my mom, I want some of Eric Dickerson goggles. I just want the goggles <laughs> right. and the neck rolls. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad I can influence kids in a positive way. I tell kids right now, I said, wearing glasses are a cool thing. I still wear glasses to this day. And uh, I always had to have those goggles. That's awesome, That's man. Great. We, Eric, we this was great. We appreciate it. We, we, we love having you on. We'd love to have you back. You know, we're going to go to, you said baseball and uh, and football. Obviously, it's in football, but baseball as well. EDQ, we can find it in, in those 17 you, stadiums you, at Aramark. You, you got it. You can find the same that are in, for sure. Okay. Hey, awesome. hey, Eric, do me a favor. Eric, when you're down at the Combine, let Rich Eisen know. I know he's got his run, Rich, run, but let him know that you, that you were on Ray and Tay and then you spoke to us because he tried to say, if you come on our show, you're going to try to bring the plus seven. Rich, Rich, I just think he's funny. So you let him know that you talk to Ray and Tay, man, please. I, I sure will, man. All, All right. right. Thanks for okay. coming on. All right, guys. Hey, Eric, All right. Thank you. Okay. All right. Take care. Thanks. All right. Really bye. appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Wow. There you go. Hall of Fame running back Eric Dickerson on Ray and Tay today. It doesn't get much better than that, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's what it's wow. all about. Hall of Fame. And Great you know, I was story. looking at his tape, and 84, 85, 86, 87, all the way through the end of his career, the man had speed. He was tall. He hit the hole. He was a north-south runner, just a beauty to watch. And like he said, you remember the backs in your era. So all of our young listeners out there, go online, go to YouTube, find some film of old-school backs. You'll be happy you did. Eric Dickerson, oh, O.J. Simpson, definitely. Jim Brown. Well, I, almost, I almost wanted to laugh, uh, Tay, because when he said people will forget him, and I'm like, no, nah, they're, they're not going to forget you, brother. Don't, don't worry about that. Number one, he's still got two records that might not ever fall, but with YouTube and just the respect and appreciation, and that's what I appreciate about NFL Network, guys like Marshall Falk, even LaDainian Ray, they always pay homage and respect to the older backs like Dickerson. And guess what? Dickerson just did it on our show, paying respect to Orenthal James, Earl Campbell, Chuck Muncie, and Chuck Foreman. How do you love that? That's class, and that's how you do it. You know? For sure. And For he still sure. loves Adrian Peterson. 
So, I mean, listen, that's the perfect segue, though. When you think about great backs and great franchises, and he mentioned that, you know, running backs are still so needed and so valuable and important. And we were thinking about, well, like, you know, Penn State had linebacker you. What a great, you know, franchises in the NFL that have had through generations great running backs. And obviously he, he took us down the path of mentioning the Bills and we thought of the Rams, Steelers, and Cowboys. So tell me with the Rams, what's their – they're probably like the, the, the top of the heap. Give me a, a couple of their names of their legendary backs, Ray. Start us off with that, man. Yeah, so we could probably think of these four teams as being the elite franchises when it comes to running back. And let's start with the Rams and Eric Dickerson. We know the work he did starting in the 80s, played only played five years, but boy, were those some fantastic five years. And then you go to Marshall Falk, the guy who was just as good a receiver as he was a running back, the greatest show on turf, a two-time offensive player of the year, MVP, won a Super Bowl. Here's another guy. So everybody knows Marshall Falk and the NFL Network, but Steven Jackson, right, just after that greatest show on turf crew was coming to, to an end or that regime was coming to an end, Steven Jackson did a lot of work. 18th on the all-time NFL rushing list. Big back, could do work out of the backfield, caught some balls too. Steven Jackson, borderline Hall of Famer. Maybe he even gets into the Hall of Fame. And then the running back of today, your guy, you love him, Todd Gurley. Talk to me about Uh, Todd Gurley, the kid from Georgia. Well, listen, you know, he had a great first year. I think this year, as Eric explained, they come to Los Angeles. Um, you know, there were some difficulties, but Ray, I think when they get the offensive line and some wide receiver help, you know, and, and golf gets going, I think Todd Gurley looks like he could have, uh, you know, an easy 10 to 11,000 yard career and potentially join Eric Dickerson and Marshall Falk. And maybe got, who knows, maybe Steven Jackson one day in the hall of fame and right there. And we also got to give credit, Jerome Bettis, you know, we'll talk about him later with the Steelers, but he was a Ram for a minute too. So the Rams have an extremely wealthy, rich history of running backs. So you got to give them their props. I'm going to take us over to the cold though. Western New York, Ray. Okay. You don't say Buffalo. They like Western New York, Eric Dickerson, probably his number one back, Ornthal, James Simpson, OJ, who I saw at the end of his career at Giants Stadium at the Niners. When you look at OJ getting the 2,000 yards in 14 games, his last game at Shea Stadium with the Jets, Ray, I believe he needed like 194 yards. OJ put up like 197 in the sleet and the snow. All he had in that team was the quarterback, Joe Ferguson, and OJ was a beast. Then you go down to Thurman Thomas, who I believe we were looking at it as 15th in rushing all time on the list. Uh, Thurman underrated, Thomas. if you can be underrated as the number 15 all-time leading rusher in NFL receiver, history. Right? A great receiver. Remember the Giants when they won the Super Bowl, Bill Parcells in 1990, his whole strategy was to, you know, basically with O.J. Anderson to just, you know, tote the rock and keep Thurman Thomas and that Bills offense and Jim Kelly, Andre Reid off the field. And then, you Fourth know, in between... Super Bowl. Right, right. And they go, oh, oh, Mark, that, that team, incredible. But then in between... They had Fred Jackson, who, you know, did great, underrated, and a little bit of Marshawn Lynch before he went to Seattle. But then their third back now, he mainly did his damage with the Eagles. But two years in Buffalo, and Shady McCoy is back. And LaShawn McCoy this season, 
you know, he missed a game or two. Fantasy football fans know that. But Shady McCoy looks like Ray. He's going to end his career in Buffalo and maybe wind up ending it uh, in Canton, Ohio one day. So I think the Bills have a nice running back history as well. Who would you say is that third franchise? Well, I think it comes down to Ray and Tay's teams, man. I think we got the <laughs> Cowboys and the Steelers. So, you know what? Let me talk about my Cowboys. I'll let you talk about your Steelers. So the Cowboys, you know, I think it's the perfect example of the evolution of the running back, at least for that franchise, right? In the 70s, they got a kid out of pit named Tony Dorsett, wins the Super Bowl in his second year. He's the small back, but wow, was he amazing. Wow, did he do damage. Ninth leading rusher in NFL history, despite the fact that he couldn't carry more than 20, 22 times a game. They never let him go for 25, 30 carries a game. He's just a, a little guy. He won the Super Bowl in 77. I mean, this guy is just, just amazing. And, and what memories. The 99-yard run, Tony Dorsett. Second, now roll the clock forward 12 years. You get the kid out of Florida, Emmett Smith, 17th pick overall. Nobody expected him to be this good. Ends up being the all-time rusher in NFL history by 1,600 yards over Walter Payton played behind a great offensive line, but don't take anything away from Emmett Smith. He was an unbelievable back. He caught the ball. He rushed, obviously. He protected Troy Aikman. He played with a separated shoulder. He played hurt. He was there every day, every game. And then finally, you've got the guy that's the combination. He's bigger than both of them. He's stronger than both of them. He's faster probably than both of them. Ezekiel Elliott. What a rookie year this kid had out of Ohio State. Came in and from day one was the anchor of that Cowboy team and took over and did unbelievable work protecting the defense, protecting Dak Prescott as a rookie quarterback, getting MVP votes, and the future is if he doesn't get hurt, you've got to project him as a Hall of Fame runner as well. So what an unbelievable set of backs for my Cowboys. Now talk to me about your Steelers. Yeah, enough of those Cowboys. We we know you guys had a <laughs> so And listen, I got to give you props because you got Emmett, right? He's, you know, the top of the heap, A number one. Um, listen, I, I'm going to tell you, my father liked the Packers and Raiders. He was a Lombardi guy. My first game, I'm watching the Steelers against the Raiders. Must have been 75, 76 regular season or playoffs. My mother thought Franco Harris was cute. And then I go against my dad and watching the black and gold, I became a Steeler fan. I've been a Steeler fan for over 40 years now. And Franco Harris to me, you know, yeah, Jim Brown criticized him. He liked Walter Payton better because he thought Franco, you know, might run out of bounds sometimes. Franco was the man, immaculate reception. That was a catch. And, you know, Franco is 14th all time. So there's not much you could say about his greatness. Then four Super Bowl uh, rings, too. Oh, come on, man. Him and Chuck Noll, Terry Bradshaw, Lynn Swan, Stallworth, all the defense, Ham, Lambert, Green, Greenwood, Donnie Shell, Mel Blunt. It's just Hall of Fame you. That's the Steelers. And Franco was a big part of that. Also, my man, Rocky Blyer. But, Ray, we got to go to the bus. Jerome Bettis, who winds up finishing the Super Bowl, winning it with the rookie Ben Roethlisberger in in Detroit, and remember, 
Big Ben save bust because bust fumbled against the Colts and Big Ben Big Ben made the tackle and then the Steelers went on to go to the Super Bowl. So well, and Bust, Bust definitely played quite a few years in St. Louis. So yes, the, no, he Rams, was definitely a Ram. St. Louis, he gets yeah, a little no, Ram Bust, love too. Yeah, no, Bust was definitely, uh, you know, and well, he was an LA Ram, I think, for a bit, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was still in LA. Yeah, so the Bust had his his time, but then uh, let's not forget what we're facing to now today, Le'Veon Bell. This guy, he's had some off the field. He's had some injuries. But when he's playing and healthy, he is not only a dominant back. Eric Dickerson mentioned that that was one of his favorites. This guy could be a, a slot receiver, an outside receiver. He could play, you know, the flanker, the split end. So I think the Steelers, their legacy will be cemented, and I believe – when it's said and done, Le'Veon, Antonio, and Big Ben, those triplets will go up there with your triplets of Troy, Emmett, and Michael. They need to get a ring or two, but I think that they're all going to be in the Hall of Fame, and I think Le'Veon Bell is going to represent my Steelers, uh, you know, in, 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 a, in a big league way, big league way. <laughs> so I'm really happy, man, and I think what's great is exactly what Dickerson said. You can never have – enough good running backs and the running back era is alive and strong. The talent is really great today. You know, we, we talked about, and you know, you think about the combine where Dickerson's at Ray, Hey, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin cook and Christian McCaffrey are three guys that might wind up being first round picks. And like he mentioned, he still likes Adrian Peterson who, you know, will be a free agent along with Jamal Charles and the Garrett Blunt. So, you know, running backs are very, very crucial. And what's great what nowadays also is that two-back system. You get to see different types of backs, and backs don't have to carry the ball 25, 30 times. You don't have to have an Earl Campbell situation where you only play for nine years and then your body gets broken down. So hopefully the two-back system lets us enjoy these backs a little bit longer. Definitely. their career. Definitely. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's where we're headed. I think what we're seeing also is that, you know, with the, the, the passing game and teams passing so much, they're starting to realize that it's wearing down their defense and that they have to run it, i.e., if the Falcons would have ran the ball a couple more times, they might have had a Super Bowl oh. trophy. They just <laughs> turned around there. and gave it, that's, that's gave it to Freeman and, and Coleman a little bit. So, you know, look, hey, definitely, definitely. But it was a great show. Um, You can't get any better than being able to, you know, spend some time live interviewing Hall of Fame running back Eric Dickerson. Um, And, you know, that's that's all you need to say, right? So, yeah, much love to ED. And check out EDQ. Check out his sauce, Aramark, 17 stadiums. Baseball, football, check out EDQ, Texas-style barbecue. But it was a pleasure having a Hall of Fame running back on Ray and Tay today. Thank you for listening. And check out our next show later on this week. Oh, yeah, Friday. We'll be talking about the, the Combine starting this weekend and Friday. And also, you know, free agencies coming in the NFL. We'll talk about it. You know, we'll get back to some hoops, obviously, and all that stuff. Kevin Durant will be okay. But thanks for listening, and we are out. Have a great...
Sports Night, and thanks to Hall of Famer Eric Dickerson for joining Ray and Tay.